everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out to me also at convoscws at gmail.com. That's convoscws at gmail.com. So today we're going to follow up a little bit um, on financial literacy and financial issues. We had a tremendous guest speaker on, Miss Kelly Holland, who gave us an overview of um, financial literacy and uh, the importance of having insurance. And I just wanted to follow up on that because I know that it's the time of the year where people start to make resolutions about what they want to accomplish in their lives. And when she went over the principles of financial literacy, she did cover a lot of um, areas. And I encourage you to go back to the podcast um, and check out her her guest spots because they were very informative. But some of the things she talked about besides having insurance was um, savings, um, maximizing your employer's 401k, saving for retirement, and those sorts of things. And so in following up, you know, I thought it'd be a good idea for us to chit chat about where do you go from here? Where do you go from knowing what you need to do to translating it into exactly what you need to do? So I had a few thoughts um, as I was contemplating this especially on the pieces of um, having a budget and um, savings, because those are two areas that that many, many people struggle with. So when Kelly was talking, she was um, suggesting that um, learning about budgeting and learning about savings and learning about your company's 401k um, plan or retirement plan is a very, very good idea. And I do agree with her on that so where do you start me myself I'm not good at budgeting I'm just that's not my forte uh legal um not legal accounting just is not my thing but I think one of the things we have to consider is doing things in a way that's meaningful for us so for example if I tell you to make a list of everything that comes in and out of your house If you're not a person that does well with lists, you can want in your heart to do that. But chances are it's probably not going to happen. So I think when we take on some of these things that we hear, uh, we see videos, uh, we've read a book and it tells us to do A, B, C and D. And then we try to do those things and we don't get traction. It may be because those things really don't work for our personality or our lifestyle or the goal that we're trying to accomplish. So you have to find um, strategies that work for you. So I want to throw a few ideas out there because I think that having ideas is a good place to start. You can always build from there, but having a place to start from is helpful. So let's talk about budgeting. Um, This can be a challenge for many people especially if you're living life every day, you've got work, you've got school, you may have a family or you may be a caregiver and sitting down and 
balancing a checkbook or doing a formal budget could be really, really hard. But guess what I saw on Amazon? I saw some books that help you budget. Uh, If you want to track income and expenses or track your savings, there are all kind of um, notebook, formatted notebooks to help you do exactly that. They have planners that help you budget um, and track what you're spending. And so those are a couple of ideas around budgeting that might be helpful if you're that kind of person that needs paper and pencil. Um, Also, a lot of people are familiar with the strategy of using envelopes where you have um, designated envelopes and you put X number of dollars in those envelopes, either weekly or monthly. And you spend only that. And once it's gone, it's gone. And no money is replenished until the next time you're paid or the next income check that you have comes in. And so that's also a very hands-on way of of budgeting, um, either on a weekly or monthly basis. Now, for people who like the electronic route, you know, you have Microsoft Excel, And what you may not know is that um, there are a lot of Excel templates that you can download that are formatted already to track your budget. And if you own a business, um, this is a great way to track your business expenses as well. You can download um, a budget template based on how you like to track information. And you can use that Excel spreadsheet to track weekly or monthly Expenses, And then when it's time to do your taxes or financial aid sheets or whatever financial information you need, you could quickly go to that budgeting spreadsheet and pull that kind of information. There are also specific budgeting apps that you can download on Android and Apple that let you do all of that within your phone. Um, There are some that capture all that information and then we'll format it for you in whatever format you need so if you need to know how much you spent on food how much you spent on gas how much you spent at the movies how much you spent on your hair on your nails on shoes and clothes these budget some of these budget apps are very robust some are free some you have to pay for but certainly worth looking into if you want to get into a position where you are actively tracking the funds that you have coming in and the funds you have going out. The reason that's important is because setting all your other goals fundamentally means you have to have an understanding of what you're working with. And if you haven't really written it down, you can be estimating in your head. But what we do a lot of times is we estimate downward. So uh, I saw an article one time that said, Take all your receipts for a week and save them and then sit down and total them up by category. And often we find that we spend way more money than we think we do. Here's an example. Um, I love Starbucks. Um, I, I just do. Sorry. I like to go there. Um, I have my favorite drinks like many of us do. But do you realize that if you go to Starbucks two or three times a week 
that could be $100 in a month. That's quite a bit of money. And it doesn't seem like it when you're spending it. But by the time you add a little extra this and an extra shot of that and the syrups and the flavors, uh, those coffees get really expensive. If you like to eat out, let's say you have a really busy schedule and you just don't have time to cook. It's not that you don't want to, you just don't have time. And you're eating out two or three times a week, maybe more. You could be looking at a couple of hundred dollars a month. But when you try to estimate that, you're probably not going to remember every single time and what you spent really accurately. So getting to a point where you're recording it, whether you're writing it down or putting it in a spreadsheet, is going to give you that information that you need to set goals. Because if you have less money coming in or less funds, let's say not money, but just less funds coming in, then expenses, then you're going to be in a deficit. And now maybe it makes sense why you never have money because you really don't have enough coming in. But you really don't know that. You really can't determine that until you sit down and you record it. And once you record it and you see what you have coming in and what you have going out, now you can set goals around savings, um, saving for a car, saving for a home, or just building an emergency fund. A lot of people have trouble building an emergency fund because something's always happening. Well, what we really don't realize is that we may not have enough extra money after everything is accounted for to even save for uh, an emergency fund. So recording what's coming in and what's going out is really, really important. And then creating a habit where you're doing it weekly or monthly so that you always have up-to-date information. And from budgeting, uh, another thing that Kelly talked to us about was goal setting. Uh, savings account, goal setting, emergency fund, goal setting, college fund, goal setting. If you don't set a goal, it's very hard to complete an action. I'm not saying you can't complete an action without setting a goal, but it, it becomes hard to become disciplined in it. So for those of us that are Generation Xers born in the 60s and early 70s, a lot of us remember grandparents that had a money jar in their home. And this was usually a jar of some type, glass or plastic, where a grandparent, an aunt or a parent saved money. Uh, they put all their change in those jars and that money was never spent. And um, for some people, that was a tradition left over from the Great Depression when people lived through really hard times because we had an economic collapse in the 30s. And that was one way people started saving because they didn't trust banks anymore or the banks were having so many problems, people didn't want to put their money in there. So they would use money jars or it was just convenient. Whatever the case, that was a way that people became disciplined in saving. And sometimes if you open that closet, you might have seen four, five, six, seven big money jars just full of change. That's a good principle for us to think about because um, once you know what is coming in and coming out, maybe you're in a situation where you just don't have money to save right now, but you can take your change every week 
every day and put it in a jar or a can. And once that item, that jar, that can is full, you create another one. And um, that's a really, really good way to start the process of saving. It gets you in a habit of, well, I know I don't have a lot of money to save. I don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars to save, but I'm going to take this eight cents and I'm going to drop it in the jar and I'm going to take this 56 cent and drop it in the jar and I'm going to take, you know, um, this dollar 25 and quarters and drop it in the jar. And that might be a way for you to get traction on getting disciplined towards um, a goal that you set. It's a good way to start the process of building an emergency fund or um, starting a fund off for uh, college. And so what I'm really saying is that it doesn't matter where you are, what you have, you can do something, but it has to be the something that works for you, not the something that works for somebody else. So you may have a friend that's able to save $1,000 in a month and you're only able to save $75 of change in a month. Well, you can't compare yourself to your friend because they may be in a different financial position. So again, just um, knowing what you have going in, going out, using budgeting tools to record and then look at that information and then setting your savings goals from there. Another way to save that I'm not sure that people really think about um, or really leverage is called a 529 plan. Most states have them. This is a college saving plan that allows you to put aside funds for uh, a beneficiary and in many cases that can even be yourself so it can be your children it could be your grandchildren usually um, the state rules around these 529 plans doesn't require the child to be yours so you can set one up for your grandchild niece nephew um, godchild and it the 529 plans typically give you a dollar for dollar tax reduction in that state so like for the state of Missouri which is the one I'm most familiar with it's called Missouri most and the Missouri most plan lets you open up an account with as little as $25 and you can add to that account until that child is ready to go to school or until you're ready to go to school and the cool thing about that is that you can get coupons from that plan and give it to your family members and they can contribute to that 529 plan and get the dollar for dollar tax deduction while helping build the plan for this child. So a lot of times uh, parents or or those of us that have children that we are responsible for or children that may be going to college at some point say, man, you know, I'm not going to be able to save $100,000 to put this child through school. I'm not going to be able to save $50,000 to put this child through school. I can't even save $1,000. What would it look like if for Christmas, everyone in the family gave $25 to that child's 529 plan and the savings start building up? That is a really cool benefit that many people may not know about and again these 529 plans are um, set up in every state the rules may be slightly different you'll have to check into the 529 
for your uh, for your state, but in Missouri, it's called Missouri Most. In Illinois, it used to be called Illinois Bright Stars. I don't know if that's still the name of it. But again, this allows people to contribute to an account for a child or another beneficiary for the purpose of using that money for education. And it doesn't just have to be used for tuition. It can be used for room and board. It can be used for computers. It could be used for books. So let's say you're in a position where our family can't save $100,000 for this child to go to college, but we can pool together and save $20,000. Well, that might be the laptop and books that gets that child through um, two or four years of college. So being creative and thinking about your goals as well as setting them can can maybe help us set more realistic goals with those 529 plans. Maybe you set a goal for paying for the first two years of college at a community college, which is going to save a lot of money. And that could be paid outright, reducing the amount of loans that student has to get and maybe um, setting a goal to save enough money to do that. So instead of a, a family feeling pressured to save $100,000 for college, maybe we can use this 529 plan and save $20,000 and that gets you paid through two years of community college, laptop, books, and everything else, bus passes and everything else you need. So you can have some creativity there in how you set that goal. So leveraging um, savings Tools like 529 plans are really, really a good way to save. And you're getting a tax benefit on the back end. So everyone that contributes gets gets to reduce their taxes by the amount of money they put in. So if your family members give a $25 gift for Christmas or birthday, they get to deduct $25 on their taxes as a contribution to a 529 plan. So that's a really good um, way to save for college. So budgeting first, understand what we have coming in and going out, then using that information to set goals like saving for college using a 529 plan. Um, That is um, amazing, I think, uh, and and a tool that you may not realize that's out there that you may want to check into because I know people are gearing up for those New Year's resolutions and they want to, you know, a lot of people make savings or financial literacy or financial issues part of their resolutions. This is something to look into maybe for the new year. The last thing I want to mention about um, um, budgeting and savings is maxing out your 401 or similar plan at your job. Many employers offer um, a 401 type plan, 401k type plan, and many, many employers match what you contribute. So when you think about savings, it's not just always what you can save in a bank. A lot of employers um, set their max contribution rate around 10% of your um, 10% of your gross pay. Um, you may be only contributing 1%. Do you have room to increase that? Because as you can tr- increase what you contribute, it's likely that your employer is going to be able to increase what they contribute. And now you have a multiplying effect 
you're saving a lot more for retirement because you have the employer's contribution. Again, when we think about savings and we think about creating savings, we may, we we sometimes don't think about things outside of a bank account that we can use to create savings and your retirement account at your job is a great vehicle to do that. Okay, let's say you don't have a retirement account. Your job doesn't offer a 401k or 403b or whatever the plan is called. What do you do? Well, at your credit union, bank or institution, see if they have individual retirement accounts that you can contribute to. Because if you're having your pay direct deposited, you could save 10, 25, 30, maybe $50 every time you get paid into that IRA account. Now, there's not going to be any matching because it, it'll be, it would be an individual account at a financial institution. But if you already have your, your paycheck deposited there and you have funds automatically moved every time you get paid out of your account into an IRA, then you're saving and you're not doing anything. You're not having to consciously remember, oh, well, I need to transfer $25 or $50 every two weeks into this IRA account. You may forget, you may get behind, you may skip weeks. But if you do it kind of consistent with your direct deposit, this is a way you can gain traction on substantial savings. And for those people out there who have had multiple jobs in the last few years, please make sure you don't leave those funds in that employer's 401k. Roll it over to your employer's current 401k or similar plan. And if you're working somewhere that doesn't have that option, roll it over into an IRA at your institution and let it earn there. Because if you actually went out there and pulled that money that you may have left off the, on the table, you may already have met a savings goal and you don't even know it because the money is spread out all over the place. And a lot of times when people leave institutions, they forget that they have that money in that account and they tend to leave it there. Consolidate what you have out there and pull it into either your current employer's retirement account or the retirement account of your financial institution. And you may be surprised at how much money you actually have already saved. So those are just three areas, uh, three examples to gain traction um, as we move into New Year's and resolutions and wanting to improve our financial situation. Kelly gave some really good tips when she was on and um, I encourage you to go back and check out those episodes because I'm just scratching the surface of what she said but you know she said so much I wanted to make sure that I gave some concrete examples of how we can take that information that she gave us and actually turn it into um, a strategy that translates into achieving goals. It's great to have information. It's great for people to come on and share with us. But if we don't know how to translate what people are sharing into actual goals, then it just becomes more words. So 
if we're going to gain traction on moving ourselves forward financially, three really critical areas that we can dig into are budgeting, which means recording what we have coming in and going out, setting goals, and starting to save, starting to save either for ourselves or for our loved ones uh, or for an emergency fund or for a car or for a house. Just the process of saving so that we can achieve the goals in life that we want to achieve. And using this information can be very empowering, especially if you've had trouble in these areas in the past. If you've had trouble making sure that you have enough money coming in, that you can meet your obligations, that you can save something, that you can get traction on moving yourself forward. If you've struggled in those areas, these are three ways that you can get some traction immediately and see the results. If you record what's coming in, what's going out, you're going to see the results right away. And you're going to be able to take that information and make corrections to what you're doing pretty easily and pretty fast. And from there, um, you can build more goals. So once you have the budgeting down pat and you're, you've got a saving strategy going, then it's time for the next goal and the next goal after that. And before you know it, you'll be closer to meeting your financial goals uh, than you realize. So that we need to just get busy doing the things that work for us. And we need to be mindful that the things that we are doing are consistent with, with what's comfortable for us and what works for us. It's really important that we understand that the tools that we select have to be tools that work for us and help us push forward in our goals. So I encourage everyone to get out there, figure out what it is you need and just put it in place and smash those goals. So thanks so much for tuning in to Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Again, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out to me at convoscws at gmail.com. And thanks for tuning in.